0: Brought to you by the Mutual Audio Network. With a name like Mutual, it has to be good. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. Chapter 6. Abandoned Ship The bus behind us struck hard enough to cause us to skid forward a few inches. The impact was muted by the softness of the bodies pinned between us. A second after the impact came the scream. A clear, piercing scream of panic that stretched into a cry of a man in agony. The quick regression of a trained soldier to just another guy screaming for help, for relief, and then for his mother. There was a comparable swell in the groaning from around the bus, The kind of aching rasp you'll hear when the eaters catch the scent of blood in the air. A soldier had fallen. Immediately, the herd shifted toward the source of the scream. For the first time, we could hear eaters groaning and snarling beneath our bus, clawing across the only empty space in the direction of the fallen soldier. One body had excited them to a frenzy. Time and experience paints the picture of eaters tearing apart other eaters for the warm blood smeared over their bodies or for the meat caught in their open throats. Eaters hungry enough would rip through the dead flesh of another eater to scoop out undigested, uninfected flesh. The scream ended in a single, sudden pistol shot from a distance behind us. The herd continued to move toward the fresh blood and meat, and our convoy shook and shifted as though we were caught in a flash flood. The metal skin of the bus bulged inward as undead bodies crushed forward. Glass cracked in those places where welded metal bars bent inward under the weight of countless bodies. The bus began to move and tilt. Above us, soldiers warned other soldiers to hold on and keep a grip— probably meant both physically and emotionally at that point. I can only imagine what they were seeing was worse than what I pictured in my own mind. The brakes hissed and whined. The engine growled and we moved forward, by inches at first, haltingly like we were pushing through heavy snow across uneven ground. I think we all knew what our wheels were turning over. Overhead, I heard a sound like a baseball bouncing off a tight awning. Then, a loud, bottle-rocket hiss heading away from the bus moving forward. A few seconds later, the world lit up again through the reinforced windshield. The sudden flash, concussion, and noise put people in the bus into a panic. The inside of the bus amplified the sound of a second-propelled grenade that landed closer to the front of the bus than I think they planned. The driver swore into his radio over the rising bleat of the sheep. I pulled my legs up to my chest to make myself small in the back corner of my seat and covered my ears. The gunfire was loud and terrible, with muzzle flashes so bright and fast it was overwhelming. I shut my eyes tight and tried to keep my head. A dozen people rose up from their seats and started to looked like a mosh pit. Like some awful 90s grunge video of dirty people on a school bus throwing themselves at each other in slow motion. Their expressions of fear burned into my eyes even in the instant of darkness. It was surreal. I kept back against the seat to keep from getting trampled. The bus began to shake, and that's when surreal turned horrible. The driver tried to avoid something he saw in the road, swerved right, and struck something hard. We stopped suddenly, and people were thrown forward across the seats. The shock put two of the soldiers off their feet and over the side. One fell from the front driver's side of the bus, head over feet, into the mob of eaters. As he fell, he kept firing. The arc of the rifle sprayed first. The eaters below him then came around and up the side of the bus, tearing through the aluminum skin— through the glass and across the aisle, kicking up sawdust and cotton, wood and plastic and a mist of blood through dime-sized holes in the skin of the bus. The other soldier fell off on my side, almost right outside my window, so close I could hear the tearing of his uniform and then his flesh when the eaters swarmed him. He screamed for a long, long time. The soldiers up top continued to tear into the herd with their assault rifles. I knew I had to get out somehow. The passengers were panicking, pushing back toward the emergency exit. They were running from the gunfire, and the bodies collapsed in the aisle and across seats. Over the mob, I saw the driver slumped over the wheel. Across from him, I saw the other reason why people were heading back toward me. The door to the bus was slowly bending in, and hands—dead, gray hands—pushed through the broken glass and bent metal bars, clawing at the body folded over the front stair railing. "'Flesh-eating things. Angry mob. Gunfire. Netbook in my pack. Plan, Jill, keep your head. Don't follow the mob. They aren't thinking. They're reacting.' the mob rushed the rear emergency exit. They didn't realize the door was not rigged to just pop open. The first ranks to reach the door hit hard and were shoved even harder into the metal and glass by dozens behind them. A girl, about my age, hit the frame so hard with her face, blood squirted across the rear window. She slid down to the floor, unconscious. At that point, the quiet part of my brain pulled together a lot of that subconscious... stuff. You know you're thinking about stuff even when you're not really thinking. And that part of my brain saw the next few steps. People rushing the door will have to spread out over the seats to try at the windows next, with me in between. Where did they think they were going? Didn't they hear? Didn't they see what was out there waiting? When things got tough, I had a professor who used to say, Don't worry. They can't kill or eat you. Well, these things were gonna do both. That quiet part of my brain took over, and I vaulted and hurtled over the seats with my bag in tow. There was a lot of pain, and the disorientation of light and sound made me nauseous, but... I moved past the screams of panic to my left and ignored the cries of unearthly hunger to my right. I actually rushed toward the shredded limbs and faces pressing through the fractured glass in the bus door. I fought to keep my balance as the bus shook under me. And then I did something so incredibly stupid it never should have worked. I went Halfway up the length of the bus, the mob of passengers thinned out. The injured and the dead lay at the front. The smell of blood and gunfire filled my nose. Behind me, I heard the grinding whine of metal that the back door had been breached, and people were pushing out of the bus and into the arms of the hungry dead. The momentum kept the mob moving even as the screams rose from outside. I knew that in a second, the tide would shift and I'd be mobbed again, so I turned toward the aisle and up to the hatch in the roof. The soldiers up top were concentrating their fire to the rear of the bus. I reached up and grabbed at the bar inside the hatch, pushed up off the back of a seat, and just pulled myself up. My moment as an action heroine was short, Despite the adrenaline and sheer terror, I couldn't pull myself out any further than the bridge of my nose, which I promptly smacked on the metal rim. I didn't count on there not being a handhold outside, so I slipped back down to where I could put a foot on the back of a seat again. I felt a warm stream of blood trickling out of my nose, tasted it on my lips, and tried to breathe through my mouth but ended up coughing up the blood running down my throat over my sweatshirt. I couldn't try again until I caught my breath. Mm -hmm. The only reason why the eaters weren't inside the bus at the front door was because they couldn't agree on who would go first. They had wedged themselves in the twisted metal of the door and were slowed even further by the body over the rail. Two of the eaters had chunks of meat in their fists— drawing it to lipless mouths and smearing the gore across their faces behind them the other eaters grabbed at the dangling strings or tried to pry it away for themselves with a healthy tug the body fell headfirst into the stairwell and out of sight behind me the mob had started to turn back Light from the muzzle flashes behind them was streaming through a filter of thick, splattered blood over the windows, and the scene took on a hellish tenor. They didn't turn in unison as I expected. I guess some of them realized there was no escape with the eaters, but also that the people in front of them were the only thing keeping the eaters from getting inside to them. Others at the rear of the mob turned back to look for other options. One man pointed up at me. Another forced his way back up the aisle toward me. Despite not even being able to breathe, I tried once more to pull myself up. But of course, I didn't have the strength. My sweaty hands wouldn't hold me even if I did. The way the mob came at me, I thought they would try to use me as a rope rather than push me up, so I prepared to boot the shape rushing at me in the head. Hand grabbed the leg still anchored on the seat, then a second, a third, and I came off the seat, into the aisle, and then up. Hands lifted me far enough that my shoulders rose above the lip of the hatch. I was able to let go of the handle and put both arms up and out of the van, gripping the rim of the hatch on both sides. Two large palms cupped the soles of my shoes and tried to lift me further but they slipped away abruptly as the mob began screaming and the bus began to shake again from side to side. I almost fell back, but managed to hold on. I screamed as my arms and shoulders strained to keep the rest of my body up. Oh my God, it hurt. Behind me on the roof, a familiar voice shouted, Hold on, I'm coming! But as the voice drew nearer and repeated the promise... Another hand grabbed my leg. A cold, wet hand. And it pulled... Tuesday Terror really gets the nerves on edge and gives you a nice, healthy fear of the dark. For a change, catch Bells in the Bat Free, where your nerves will still be on edge, but with a nice, healthy fear of bad puns, silly situations, and absurd plots. Bells in the Bat Free, in Friday Follies and every other week in Sunday Showcase. Just keep telling yourself, it's only a podcast. It's only a podcast.